Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Variety, celebrating more than 117 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Look, man, we're all fucked. You know what I mean? We're all, when I say fucked, I'm not saying your son's fucked. I'm saying we're all, we've all got issues, you know? Human beings are on the spectrum. We're all, the spectrum of humanity is a obviously multifaceted and very complex spectrum. So some are, are, are more so on spectrums than others, of course, and there are clinical diagnoses for some things, but there should be a clinical diagnosis for the condition of being human. Colin Farrell just landed his first ever Oscar nomination for Best Actor for playing Parik, the milk farmer with a lovable donkey in the Banshees of Inisherin. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Colin Farrell about his role in the Martin McDonough dark comedy. He also discusses what's next for him, which will include him reprising his role as Oz, a.k.a. The Penguin, in the upcoming TV spinoff of Matt Reeves' The Batman. He also provides some exclusive details. Also on this episode, a chat with Oscar-winning composer Justin Hurwitz from the film Babylon. But first, during the award circuit roundtable, we're going deep into the Andrea Riseborough Oscar nomination controversy and the Academy's decision not to rescind her nod. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey everyone, it's another edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Roundtable. I'm Variety TV editor Michael Schneider, along with Janelle Riley. Hello. Jazz Tanke. Hello. And Clayton Davis. Clayton just... Oh, God, my phone is like going off. What was uh, that? Did, did someone just call you an asshole? In there? No, it was, it was uh, like, cause I, I was watching, uh, I was listening to a podcast on the way here and when I went to turn my phone on silent. That's what played. I heard too. That's what I heard. Yeah, I thought we had sound. I had, it, it, did had say, sound. it did say. It did say. It did say asshole. Well, that was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. I thought we had sound drops. Now. No, no, no. Like, that's what we do now. I was uh, about, Clayton Davis, asshole. Yep. Yeah, I was about what? to refer to you as Layton Davis, and I was like, oh, that's too mean. And then someone called you an asshole, and I was like, I was like, Whoa. that's so much worse. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I'm doing. I, well. I just thought I that was Jessica screaming at you in the background. I mean, that also. I mean, yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a home recording, guys. <laughs> if I'm blinking, that means I need help. Um, I don't know how we have a roundtable when we're also square. <laughs> oh. oh, you funny! He's oh. trying to take over the dad jokes for, uh, mantle from Michael. I never. I am, I am a dad, so that it's okay to. You are, and that. and you're a joke. Oh, oh, oh see, that's nice. Well done. Okay, this oh. is really weird because um, we're in four little boxes here on Zoom because what? I won't say who. Someone has COVID, so we're not in person. <laughs> and two, it's the two diagonal boxes are wearing um, white hoodies, and then the other two are black shirts. And I'm just I'm going to take a picture and post it on Facebook, mm. not Facebook, so, on Twitter, so you can all see. Yeah, how I love that. 
because white is right, right? That's according whoa, to one of, one of my that was a, my anonymous Oscar ballot uh, Oscar voter talking about Andrew Riseborough said because white is always right. Wow, wow, very timely. Those anonymous there. Oscar ballots make me nervous to read. Sometimes. It was it was the first time the I would argue that the anonymous Oscar voter uh, thing was put to good use. Really? Yeah, because I think they gave such insightful uh, arguments into. Which is probably our first topic today. That's Andrea a good segue. Yeah, yeah, good segue. I mean, yeah. Yes. There's your segue. Uh, Andrea Riseborough's Oscar nomination will remain. Uh, so much has happened since the last one. We have to start from the beginning. That Friday, the Academy released this statement, which I call their version of the Comey letter, which didn't <laughs> name names. It was, it was just, you know, we've been made aware of something. We're going to look, con- I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, conducting yeah. a review into the campaigns of, of the last, uh, of this year's nominees. And then Tuesday came and then they released a, a statement that did get specific and said, uh, we received complaints or whatever about two Leslie. We haven't seen any ca- campaign violations, but we did see some things on social media that did, uh, cause concern and they will be addressed, uh, privately, aka people are about to get kicked out. Not kicked out. Why? They're actually gonna get they're gonna get suspended from the academy. Why privately now? Why did they make a statement in the first place? Say when they were looking into something. I just thought like do your investigation and then tell us if you want. Yeah, but that's like... why it's the Comey letter. Yes, that's what yeah. <laughs> thank you, James Comey. Um, yeah, they they really shouldn't have said anything on Friday. That's probably their their misstep. I appreciate that they looked into it. Uh if if for people that are it's because it's the most inside baseball complaining of all time. Of how she got her Oscar nomination. My personal personal take is a lot of what is rumored to have happened is not something that I don't think happens all the time every season. I think she, their campaign flew a little too close to the sun. I think the one misstep was the s- specifics that were shared on social media that you only need 218 votes to get an Oscar nomination for acting which is exactly true and that's it made it too of a numbers game i now know how the producers of american idol felt the mm. year that sanjaya kept going farther in the competition <laughs> oh, even wow. though she, even though she is not a sanjaya <laughs> yeah i was gonna say don't very good yes but <laughs> this it, i think it felt a little bit like that someone had infiltrated the academy's nomination oh, process god but um, why um oh it just i just i just felt bad because it was oh she's a loser in all this she she lost so much well the the one thing is i'm hoping people will know her name and will seek out her movie because i know some people who are and then they realize it's a great movie and a great performance and like you know it just wasn't handled well like it just wasn't handled well i'll leave it at that yeah, I mean, I've never seen such a rise to number three by someone in the <laughs> rankings ever. Like, she's totally number three. But like, also, and- even if there were people who were like actively saying things on social media about, you know, put her in the first slot or whatever, how is that on her or on the film it, company? The film it, company. It, well, it, it isn't on her. It is on the film company because the company didn't run the campaign because yeah. they had no money to run a campaign. Um, it's on the people who shared it. Because like, listen. It becomes the, the ever growing argument, Mike. I think we talked about this once, you and I, like just privately in a in a conversation. <laughs> like, do you like when you're voting on a ballot? Are you when you put the names on the ballot? Are you actually putting at number one the person you believe is number one, or are you giving the number one spot to people who you think need it because you think they need it to get in? 
Yeah, it depends and, how and, str- strategic people are. Uh, yeah, or, yeah, and <laughs> uh, and the purity of Oscar is to not be strategic. Is do what you want to do. Do what makes you feel like wh- whatever you think is the best. That's what you vote for. Well, at the end of the day, nobody is in the voting booth with you. So right. people like p- big. Wait, deal there are Oscar voting booths. <laughs> I swear yes, they, they should totally make some though. They, that would be I'm awesome. starting to think they should because yeah, you know, you places. Can, we can do you it can, right now. You can campaign for someone, you can ask tell people to vote for someone when they're well, with you, that ballot, like wait, right, yeah. movies like you know, Green Book win and people are upset. So like nobody can force you to vote for someone. So yeah. if people voted for Andrea Riseborough, maybe it's because they wanted to. And maybe I mean, because it's a good film and or maybe yeah. she's great in it. Like what a concept. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, there are like kind of three separate things that are happening simultaneously. I think that's what the big problem has been and what people were mistaken by. Like people were upset that there were no black women in the category. That's not Andrea Riseborough's fault. Like she's one person. There were two black people. So she doesn't equal two black people. So we're making the assumption that Andrea Riseborough was number five. We're also making the assumption that Danielle Deadwater, Viola Davis were six and seven. And I don't believe that based on what we see now. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think they, I, I think it was Jennifer Lawrence. I'll be honest. Brian Tyree Henry got in. They pair stuff all the time. It was probably Jennifer Lawrence. You so, and I talked about this, right? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, um, so you, there's that. That's a separate issue. And we can have the an, a, a discussion about the people that came out for Andrea Riseborough. While the spirit of it, I, I love. I love that it's not about money and people came out and all that. We never see that for Black females in, in the industry. Valid argument. That's again something separate. And then when it came to Andrea herself, Andrea, like all people like that try to get Oscar nomination, don't know the rules like inside and out. That's the job of a publicist and marketing people in the studio. They know the rules. So I think she was just, I think she is like an innocent bystander and just went through the process. And I feel terrible that she is the Academy's Pia Zadora. No way! No, no, no. way! Like, 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 in, like, in, in a way, in, in, in the, in the, in the looks of history. Oh, she'll be associated. She'll be yeah. so. Yeah, she'll be like. We almost Will Smith her this year. Like for the rest of time, we will ask her. Like so, about the time you got an Oscar nomination, people didn't think you really got one. Well, I'm you, hoping this is not her last nomination, and at some point it will be a footnote. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, yeah, it's, it's too bad. I just, I. Oof. Well, and and the other difference, obviously, is that again, for for people who have seen the film, they agree that it is deserving, right? Her unlike, performance is deserving. Yes, un, unlike yeah. Pia Zadora back in the day, where no one could argue that she deserved any. <laughs> so, yeah. So so that that was just purely ridiculous, and it came out of bribing judges or, or whatever they were doing back in the day. Also, the Academy can't police people who aren't members. So if I I I know a lot of people who sort of shared the the tweet or the facebook post that said you know hey if i've known any academy voters please vote for andrea um what's you know what's the rule to stop them you're bringing up the the mary mccormick of it all right so that's been i wasn't gonna name names yeah no but that's been reported out like (laughs) she the ex-wife of of howard stern now the the current oh you mean ex-wife in the movie in real life you know. yeah uh yeah uh married to the director uh mm-hmm. michael morris right michael morris right Sarah, and of course yeah. she's mm-hmm. supporting her yeah. husband's movie and telling yeah she like she's before. a civilian yeah. it's just like if mike yeah. schneider walked on the street and started screaming you guys all need to vote for glass onion 
because it's the best oh, movie I, that's ever been by made. By the way, I do that all the time for Ray <laughs> Seahorn. Yeah. You know, you know it's, if, if Ray Seahorn gets a nomination, that's yeah, on me. That that's, is, that's 100% Mike. <laughs> He's out there but, with a bell and yeah. like a sandwich board. But Michael is not a Film Academy member, so that's fine. That and listen, work. and and and, yeah. and the, the issue here is vague rules particularly number 10 and 11 10 talks about lobbying is two sentences does not define what that is so that's problem number one and problem number two and this is what this is where rules were actually violated so i'm i'm going to come into this part you can't reference according to rules nothing that you if you think it should be a rule or not but the rules currently state you cannot reference the competition air quotes so once people like francis fisher again reported it was out there. It's still out there. Instagram said yeah. Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, Danielle Deadweiler, Viola Davis, there are locks. It's okay. We only need 218 votes. Put her at number one. That is right there. Boom. Done. Wrong. You can't do it. So that's why the next step when they, and they said they'll do this privately, they're going to be suspensions. I imagine whoever did specifics like that will get suspended if they're actually an academy member. if they're a member i was gonna say yeah. so, so you know you could still do that clayton i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah i could i, I mean just, that's, that's part of your job is, yeah. is ranking just, yeah literally yeah and i mean and oh god the conversation about like you know there's oscar pundits that do this so what's the difference you know and you know people are on billboards spending hundreds of millions of dollars yes you can we can talk about that and people can tout a performance like Anyone that said vote for uh, anyone that said like two Leslie's great, Andrew Riseborough is phenomenal. They're not wrong. They haven't violated anything. Once they say, "Don't worry, Kate Blanchett's safe. Vote for her. Vote for Andrea number one." That's when it becomes an issue. That's your problem. That's so problem. I, I have a question for you. There's been talk that now she could potentially win. What is your take on that? Listen, you can you can infiltrate the Academy nomination process by targeting 1,302 acting branch members and make making sure you get 218 yeses out of that. That's I don't say that's easy because obviously <laughs> clearly not, yeah. yeah, it's clear or not. But obviously, like, you know, it's easier than now you have to get to 9,500 because everyone votes now. And I think there's morbid curiosity now. People are going to watch it. But also. And Jazz, you know better than anyone, as the Artisans editor, 65% of the Academy are in the tech categories. They have to be incentivized to watch a movie. And two, Leslie's not nominated anywhere else. I don't think they're going to be making sure I pop that in. Right. Well, <laughs> although I, I bet of all the movies that were nominated for Oscars, that one had, saw the biggest uptick. Oh, yeah. I, it I did. I think it, yeah. that was the story, or it was reported that like a lot of people sought that out. Guys, when Mike when Mike Schneider sees it, that's when you know it's in the big leagues. Because <laughs> exactly. Mike's, gonna, Mike's gonna come next week as the guys are so too Leslie. <laughs> well, let me what ask has you this. Mike seen? Uh, by the way, I saw most recently uh, Devotion, which is not nominated. Is it oh, that was, uh, yeah. thanks. Way after the fact, man. <laughs> yeah. Sony hates you now. <laughs> but I will now give a shout out to Devotion. It's still yeah. a lovely movie. Great um, sound, great production design. Was that Family Night? Jo- yeah, yeah those family night, family uh, night. Jonathan nice. Majors of course we, we beautiful love. score yeah beautiful score. yeah so uh but but back to Andrea real quick so you know we feel bad for her on the flip side um we now know who she is she's a little more of a household name she's an Oscar nominee uh it's it's uh elevated our conversation about this film that no one had heard of yeah 
it's a it's a trade off because yeah, she's been unfairly maligned, but there has been a lot more attention for for her and for this movie. Do you think ultimately she comes out okay on this? I uh, think she does because she's in, a in, the, in the public eye. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think it can get shed a little bit. Again, I think as long as people like us really clear this up for people that this is not this is not Andrea Riseborough sitting and saying I won an Oscar nomination. Go do this. I I think she was she was just like tell me where to go and I'll go. She, she killed she a man, went, right? Right. Yeah, she killed a guy. She killed a guy. Listen, the the most apparent question that I want answered. Now, I, listen, I do love Andrea Riseborough, and for people like us inside baseball, we've known her for a very long time, right? That was, she's a great actress, and we're glad that she has this moment. But what does? She, how was she able to get the likes of Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Edward Norton? All these Amy Adams, Kate Winslet, all these A-listers to come out and bat for her. Not saying that like it was undeserved, but how other, other people don't <laughs> get the, the, like the amount of people that came out. I was like, we were making a joke, and I this is a joke, but I was kind of like, what tape does she have of everyone? Like, who killed someone, and where does she know the? Where's the body? Like she like well, getting this magnitude of support is unprecedented. A lot of the, she's worked yeah. with a lot of these people. Sure. A lot of people have worked yeah. with a lot of people. Well, but that's the thing. Like, I don't actually know that she got so many more people than most people do. It's just that when she got the nomination, everyone was like. Too, too, too expressive, though, to convey yeah. it and put it on social media. Yeah. That's never happened. I mean, that, that, that there's some truth to that. Because, yeah. like, we, again, inside baseball, we know that, like, people sponsor events or sure. screenings and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not new. But yeah. it's just the amount of that it got. I would say film Twitter always thinks that they matter and they can change things the fact that it got out there and people were like talking about it and i'll never forget being in the critics choice being at the critics choice awards when kate blanchett won mike and janelle you weren't there if you were sitting near me you would have heard the noise that came out of my mouth when kate blanchett won and goes andrea riseborough i gasped i was like i'm in the twilight zone like what's <laughs> happening right now yeah. well, my, head, bunch of my head was started spinning because yeah. i was like what? Wait, what am I just hearing? Like, like, like I can't believe she said it. it was the first name out of her mouth. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, like, what? What is this Andrea Riseborough thing that's happening right now? So th that's a separate, again, separate question. Andrea Riseborough, glad she has her moment. I'll be interested to see what happens the next time that she gets to bat. But I do, and this is, again, personal, like, look, I pray to God she doesn't win this year for the reason. It will be an asterisk, an asterisk for like all time. People, it, it will, it will never be accepted in like the world fully. There'll, there'll always be this. I, but I think people have very short memories. Okay, tell Will Smith that. <laughs> I will in five yeah. years. I will. Yeah. And yeah, bad boy, and bad boys. By the way, the Andrew Riseborough thing came as they announced bad boys, and I was like, no one cares, right? <laughs> like, no one cares about bad boys. We are it's, just talking about Andrew Riseborough. It's that crazy. How it was crazy. It really was the talk of the town. Like everywhere I went over the weekend, or people who like aren't even you know into following the Oscars wanted to know what I thought about. I it. I did and, CNN yeah. when I was on CNN. I was like, oh no, this is some substantial. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is scandal next to after following Biden. Like, what my mother-in-law sent me a text message yesterday and I made a joke about it on Twitter because it was like, you know, like it's reached outside of our circle when yeah. like, you know, when, reg when, reg when regular people start asking us about it, that never talk to us. Yes. Yeah, there and were, it's just like, there were two Andrea Riseborough tweets and I'm sorry, I wish I could credit the right people with them um, that made me laugh. One was like, good luck finding her. 
basically, because she's a chameleon. Yeah, um, and the other was, uh, you know, can you describe, they, they were like uh, talking to an officer, can you could describe, you know, the offender? Well, she's very talented. <laughs> <laughs> very talented. But so yes, what, I, I can't wait to hear the lo- nominee's luncheon. Go ahead, Mike. So I was going to say, I mean, at, at this point, is is it's kind of over now, right? The the whole, the fun, the the controversy, everything's sort of been resolved. The, and... the, the Riseboro is or is not a nominee controversy is over. Now we wait to see um, what is coming next. Like, will, will, I mean, will those private things that are going to happen with, you know, members, will that happen sooner rather than later? Uh, you know, then obviously there's the reforms or, or the button ups of, of the rules that will definitely come after the ceremony. Cause that'll be their postmortem. But, um, yeah, we, that, I mean, this is, that's it. We, we still have more than a month. Like, can we, can we create a what? new controversy? Is there something else we can, uh, kind I mean, of obsess anybody, over anyone got any other questions about some nominees? I mean, <laughs> we can raise them now, man. Cause like, God damn, it was, it was what a week. It's only been a week. It was a long two. week. So it's we're just back week. now to talking about the year of dicks. Yeah. That's- <laughs> so good, by the way. Such a good short. Really? Yeah. Such a good short. There, you know what's funny? A lot, some, I mean, live action aside, a lot of the shorts are really good this year, but some of them were very questionable. But my year of dicks is great. The animated shorts are great. It's funny. I re- I used to, I really, I go to the theater and watch the shorts. They would play them all oh, yeah. together. And mm-hmm. like, I go to short film festivals. I make shorts. I love shorts. And I see so many amazing short films. And there were years where I'd be like, these are terrible. Like, yeah. how did any of these make it in? And They're very hit or yeah. miss. Yeah, yeah, it's wi- like some of them are some of the best you'll ever see. And then some yep. are like just. Really or like, oh, my God, like this is yeah. torture. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a good year this year, though. Yeah. There it's, was one that won yeah. a few years ago that I could not believe even made the cut. And, I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. A I think we're probably yeah, looking at the same, same movie. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what's coming next? So we have. Big Oscar contender opening this weekend in my world. Which is. Knock oh, at the Knock Cabin. At the cabin. Hardcore oh, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan band right here. Love this movie. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Uh, I did see Megan, though. This Megan's week. great. Megan is my new favorite film of all time. <laughs> like, Mike, have you oh, seen any God. M. Night Shyamalan movies? I saw Dead People. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good gap. <laughs> um, so M. Thregan. You uh, M three M M3 three oh, is yeah. it's 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 so much fun. Like I wish, like I wish Hollywood just made things like that. It's like it's such a weird comparison, but it's like RRR because like it's ridiculous, but it's made so sincere, yeah. and you just watch yeah. it, and it's like hell yeah, give me more of this. I always get worried about sequels though. M three Megan two point oh and Morgan. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be Morgan next. And Morgan, oh my god. On that note, I'm going to run. Bye. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We lost <laughs> Jazz. <laughs> your, your dad jokes killed her. Finally. I know. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, listen. There's not. I mean, listen. On the podcast this week, we have some amazing guests. Um, one with a very heavy Irish accent that is a banshee from Inisherin, Colin Farrell, who is just precious cargo. And the other. Uh, the other is a. Golden Globe winning composer this year, Oscar winner before, Justin Hurwitz of oh, Babylon. That's great. Yeah. Very Colin, nice. by the way, 
and you know we have to be journalists we have to be unbiased right no but, no one said that but i've i've never um interviewed colin barrel before i've never met him in person so i did for this and it's a video podcast guys you can watch this as well and he was sitting across from me and it was like one of those moments i was like oh i get it people, yeah people want want to <laughs> want to sleep with you oh i get it like did you tell him that yeah, I was like, I'm feeling the same thing. Like, I'm gonna go home and tell my wife, like, listen, we have to have to talk. Colin Farrell is is just she gets dreamy. Oscar Isaac, you get Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, he's your, but you know what? But you know what? It, it was interesting. And someone at, brought up Oscar Isaac to me because they were like, oh, "Didn't you feel the same way about Oscar Isaac?" I was like, "Oscar Isaac's got swag, though." Like, I'm not saying Colin Farrell doesn't, but Oscar Isaac, like, he looks at you, and you're just like, you're looking like only at me. He makes you feel something. Like Colin Farrell's like sitting there with like his shirt unbuttoned down, you know, mid chest. And then he's just like, yeah, you know, like just like so nonchalant about things. He's like, oh yeah, I'm just the most good looking guy that's ever lived. Yeah, nonchalant, hey. like he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Come on. He knows. <laughs> that's a that's a good segue though. Speaking of segues to talk about someone else on that list is the one and only Pedro Pascal. Who's hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend? And the last, last of us of episode, us. please. Have you? Did you see this week's episode? episode I have three. it. I have it. Can I? Can I ask you something? Like, as you're wearing an HBO shirt right now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm bought and sold. I was like, yeah. listen, sort of looking forward to Emmys, right? Sort of thinking about that because we're yeah. going to get there any second now. I don't. Do you think HBO knew that this was going to be like a contender? Yes. Or do, you think so? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think they've they, known they, for they... some time. And there was even buzz before the episode from premiere from journalists who had seen the episode in advance saying, like, prepare yourself. In yeah. fact, my my big complaint about the episode is apparently now it's spoilers to say that an episode made you cry or that you oh, really enjoyed that, an that's, episode. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's silly. Or, or to say I... that Nick Offerman is in it. Like, yeah. all these people uh, are every, raging about everyone. So Nick Offerman, Murray Bartlett. Yes. Uh, I mean, they both... I, I don't know how they're going to have to wrestle for that guest actor, Emmy, because... Maybe they can split it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they can like somehow submit them together as one yeah. unit because well, like they did with the Billy Elliot boys at the Tonys. Mm. Yeah, the the, yeah. the, the Cohen brother, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yeah, Just I feel split. like that yeah, same line. You know, I, I will say well, I, you can't do this, but I will say they have submitted SNL hosts together. Yes, as comedy one once, oh, right? Like wait, Amy and Tina. Uh, th- Tina. Th- yeah, yeah, Cohen but then, I guess one. but they're together on the same. But those yeah. performances, Murray yeah. and, and Nick, they don't work with yeah. each other. Yeah. I mean, like, so, but so back to him. back to the HBO Emmyness of this. How like God, I don't know if anyone's hyper aware of this, but House of the Dragon, Last of Us, Succession's about to come, and I think they got one like Juggle oh, will be a, a, an Olympic art form of what they're going to have to do this year. It's a, like, it's yeah, it's a, it's a high class problem over at yeah. HBO right now. Is they they have a lot of big contenders, and both in both in comedy and in drama, and yeah, it's it's gonna and, be. And we, by the way, we still have like the other sh- like Severance is coming back, Yellow Jackets is coming back. Uh, something else. Oh, on on Paramount Plus with Showtime. Let's have a good talk Aww. about that, Mike. Go yeah. ahead, go All ahead, right. man. <laughs> what, what? Are what is happening? Doing? Explain it to me, please. Um, I've never been so aware that the existence of Yellow Jackets prevented something else from happening <laughs> as it was. Because I was like, like, we just want to get like we th- this is not a good name. And this is just so we can keep Yellow Jackets somewhere in this. Yeah. Conversation. What are they doing? Expl- explain it for people who don't know. Michael. 
So I so know. <laughs> so so basically they've now put Showtime under the Paramount Plus banner. It's it's all sort of one entity. And the thing is, even the linear channel now will not be Showtime anymore. The the linear channel will even be called Paramount Plus with Showtime. Now, part of why they're doing this, it's financial. You're you're basically on paper shutting down Showtime, which allows them now to write off a lot of programming. As we saw immediately, they canceled a lot of development, a lot of programming is just going away now. And 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 just like with other mergers uh, like HBO Max Discovery, where they use that in order to. Uh, you know, take advantage of that one-time write-off and cancel a whole bunch of stuff. That's what they're doing now over there too. And yeah, it's it's sad because it is kind of an end of an era. I mean, so I, I, I kind of a- couldn't they just? I mean, I mean, I, I, we're not in the heads of marketing, obviously, but like, can't they just shut down? showtime and just mer- like just merge it like no but you, you you can't just yet because people are still spending a lot of money on showtime and you can't just cut that off because that's a huge revenue driver uh still for the company uh, a lot of people spend it still spending a lot of money on that so you get rid of that and you're you're really just you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot so were are showtime and paramount plus merging or were they always owned by the same parent company because they've always Vi- been it's viacom right yeah which is now paramount global but um, yeah, for for a long time, Showtime uh, was a part of CBS. Uh, so when Viacom and CBS split, CBS got Showtime, and so he got them in the divorce. Is that literally yeah, how it exactly. Literally God. in the divorce. So when they remerged, suddenly they're all part of the same company again, and now uh paramount uh so so chris mccarthy who's one of the execs there who oversees all the mtv stuff and and uh all those networks also now has oversight of showtime since david evans is gone so so are they literally dropping the showtime name for monetary reasons Yes, so it sounds like Mike just described. Yeah, essentially. it's like it's, for a tax write-off. So they're not complete. I mean, they're so they're not completely dropped the Showtime name because they're now sticking. Paramount Plus with Showtime. Yeah, um, which is yeah. So, like, I want again. This this comes back to the, even the Warner Brothers Discovery when we got that first logo that was just pretty much like uh, Arial font or whatever, or, or like someone used like clip art or whatever. Could have been like, fans. Could have been worse. I just want to talk about. Like in the, be in that room and just be like, guys, Paramount Plus for Showtime. That that's it. That that's the one we go with, guys. Yeah. Was it the first one out the gate? Was it you picked the name out of a hat? Because like it just there was something better that rolled off the tongue. I think that. they should. It should be Paramount Plus with and Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> I want a comma after plus. I want to sure. really make Paramount Plus hard. with and or Showtime with Pops with and or play. Showtime. <laughs> Paramount or short or Showtime question mark like we could yeah. just really like go we could really make some out of this. Whatever. Um, when, did, when does this take effect? By the way, did they say a date? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I never know when stuff happens. Like I don't anymore. know. I, I still got. I just turn on my today. TV. <laughs> I I got a press release today that still was uh, just said Showtime, so it's, uh, it's coming. But did, I don't know why. Just in the streaming like conversation because it was interesting. Did you guys read uh about how Netflix is gonna do the not sharing passwords thing i saw the headline and kind of had a giggle and moved on so i mean just it's interesting so like you pretty much uh ask for like a temporary you ask yourself for like a temporary uh password for like seven days if you're like at a hotel because that was like the big question people had like what if i'm traveling so you Um, won't be able to sign in from different um 
Well, there are plans like that for like one device, two devices, and four devices. Okay, but most people have four devices to themselves. So. Yeah, this is this is gonna go great. Oh, you're talking about more money. <laughs> money. Yeah, the highest plan has four devices. Yeah, this is all going great. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So me and Mike can't share passwords anymore. Yeah, we, we don't share passwords. <laughs> I mean, don't. on one hand, I understand it is not, not for Netflix, have, like, but yeah, yeah. Not for, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's like I get it, but it's also like, come on, guys. It, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much it adds to the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out these companies like money. Yeah. What? Go figure. We, we, yeah. Wait, are we doing this for art? Because we want to make good television and and movies. Crickets. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Tumble, when, tumble when we I, just passed through the room. When I was crazy. a kid, I saw E.T. and I wanted to make movies. Yes. <laughs> All right, gang. Uh, On so that note. This enjoy, weekend, enjoy go Colin. see Knock at the Cabin. Go see and watch Pedro Pascal on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that'll be and, good. And, and Coldplay is the musical guest. That, that'll be a good. Wait, it's Coldplay? Is really Coldplay? Yeah. I swear to God, I was like, wait, are they still making music? Yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> Pedro yeah. Pascal is so funny in uh, the Nicolas Cage movie. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, he was he on my ballot. Yes, from Nicholas Cage. Yes, so like He's I cannot amazing. wait to see this guy cut loose with some comedy. Yeah. Oh, and I guess we can end here. What are you guys doing on September second, twenty twenty three? Feel like going a trick to trick question. Feel like going to a Beyonce concert because she announced her dates. Oh, did you know? Are you? I won't uh, be, I won't, are, you, are you buying tickets? No, I won't be here. I'll be at Telluride. It's like during. Like, I was gonna the, say I was like September is not a good month for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean those. I mean, I, Ticketmaster, checkmate. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Go I, I honestly don't think I'm going to be able to take out a loan that's not big enough <laughs> yeah. to pay for these tickets. So you know, I mean, you, you have a I house. Was, you know, I was literally thinking about that when I saw that. I was like, yeah, there's, there's no way I can afford that. I'm, I'm just. I don't like, listen. I love a lot of people. I don't think there's anyone I love that much to want to see them live. For something like to spend that much money, just think I was there and I saw them live. I don't. I just don't think I. I have that in me. I love Janelle. I would go see Janelle live. I would pay for and your I do for your charge. for your show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mike, no, I wouldn't. He's, pay he's, he's, re- he's referring to Monet. Yeah. So. <laughs> Clayton, you're going to regret saying that because you didn't live here when I was doing plays on the regular. I know. And once I get back up and start mounting my shows again, you are there. going to be required to attend. You're going to have to sit next to Justin Chang, <laughs> sitting there going, What have I agreed? That's a good person to sit next to. I'm okay with that. As long as he it's was Justin a Chang. great audience member. Yes. It was, but like all my actors were freaked out because they were like, why is a film critic from the LA Times at our 60 seat theater play? <laughs> I like, I, listen, uh, fair, cool. just want to let you know right now, headline, the day you get a Tony nomination, you know, what, how did this campaign tactic, you know, work out for Janelle Riley in this? It's coming thing. for you. Coming. Yeah. It's coming for you. Tony? All right, I, I got uh, yeah, yeah, to go pick up my son or he's going to yeah. kill me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. 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 After the break, Oscar nominee, Colin Farrell. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. And I'm Clayton Davis. Colin Farrell is on fire. Aside from basking in the glow of receiving his long overdue first Oscar nomination for The Banshees of Inisherin and delivering four acclaimed performances in 2022, he's gearing up to reprise his role as Oz, aka The Penguin, for the spin-off television series from Matt Reeves, The Batman, which he'll begin shooting on February 28th. In The Banshees of Inisherin, he plays Milk Farmer Park, opposite fellow nominee, Brendan Gleeson. Now I'm sitting here next to you, and if you're going back inside, I'm following you inside. And if you're going home, I'm following you there too. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. And if I've said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was. And I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. With all my heart, I'll say sorry. Just... Stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Oh, did I, yeah. I thought you did. Distributed by Searchlight Pictures, Banshees was the second most Oscar-nominated film this year, receiving nine nominations, Best Picture, Director for Martin McDonough, Actor for Colin Farrell, two Supporting Actor nominations for Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan, Supporting Actress for Carrie Condon, Original Screenplay, Film Editing, and Original Score. The movie is also nominated for 10 BAFTAs and 5 Screen Actors Guild Awards, tying for the most in history. We sit down with Farrell to talk about receiving his first Oscar nomination, as well as his bombastic year that included acclaimed performances in After Yang, 13 Lives, and The Batman. We began by talking about how this year and this nomination has felt for him. Taking it with a pinch of salt, Mm -hmm. truly, what I mean by that is... um, it brings up a load of stuff. You know, you, you find yourself, I find myself saying how much, look, I've dreamed of of Oscars yeah. since I was a kid. I mean, and not, not in relation to, well, it's <laughs> not even that. It's not in relation to myself, but in relation to, I wonder what it's like. Not, I wonder would I ever, I wonder what it would be like for me. But yeah. I, one of my clearest memories of the Oscar ceremony as a child was seeing Daniel Day-Lewis. I think I was probably about 11 or 12. Mm. Uh, winning the Oscar for My Left Foot, which I had seen My Left Foot at that stage. Mm. 
when I was 11 or 12 and had been so moved by it. And that was maybe four years before I ever did my first acting class yeah. or even thought of being an actor. So just, you know, I, I kind of have my own understanding of uh, fame or the dynamics of fame, why the world leads into fame, how we how we like putting people on a pedestal. The reverse of that, the shadow side of that is that we like also tearing people down from pedestals. Then we love seeing a resurgence and all. I kind of have my own personal from the inside understanding of all that stuff. Um, and so with that in mind, that's the taking it with a large pinch of salt. But just appreciating it as a as a moment in time, that'll it'll all be over as we know in six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> this will all be done in six weeks. And, and it'll be something that I will just classify as memory. Um, but being in it... I, I'm I'm experiencing it. I'm feeling like I'm experiencing it with a certain amount of light. Yeah, I'm not feeling too much desperation around it. Yeah. I'm very grateful for the moment. Enjoying the ride. I'm very grateful for the moment because I've been doing films, you know, for 20, 25 years. I've been an actor now. And, you know, I've done enough films, Clayton, that haven't worked. I've done enough films that either didn't find an audience or found an audience and the audience hated it. <laughs> hated it or, yeah. you know, things that you can really clearly classify as not having worked. And every time I've worked on a film that hasn't, I say hasn't worked, in my opinion, hasn't worked. <clears throat> it's not been as the result of a lack of effort or a lack of passion. Every time a filmmaker goes to work, any time a cast and a crew get together, everyone has aspirations. Yeah. Everyone wants it to find an audience. Everyone wants to feel like they're part of something that has a bit of meaning, even if that meaning is just entertaining an audience. And it doesn't always work that way. So at its simplest form, long-winded answer. Uh, I'm trying to see if you yeah. can ask one question and we can, yeah, do, the, yeah, and we can do the whole hour. In its simplest form, to be part of Banshees and have worked with a cast and crew that I really have a very deep affection for. And then now seeing that film go out into the world and find an audience and be received in yeah. the way it's been, it's magic, you know? And I mean, the, the morning of the nominations, um, because I have wondered through the years if I was ever in that position where there was a chance of getting a nomination for an Oscar, mm. what would I do? Would I go to bed and wait for the publicist to call at five in the morning? Would I stay up and watch? I was like, wait, no, are, I wouldn't. You, are you telling me you didn't get up in 2008 for In Bruges? Like, you, you, did you? Did, no, you I, no. Oh, I, I mean, there's still part yeah. of me that goes, I'm not supposed to be at any of this part. Yeah, you know, there's okay. still part yeah. of me. I have this kind of outsider narrative, which yeah, is kind of bollocks, okay. bullshit as well. <laughs> but, um, but this time I thought it was a little bit the night before Christmas mm -hmm. and I thought, what am I going to do? Ah, I'll stay up and watch it. My youngest boy was with me. He's so excited about all this. As you should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I have to be very careful dad. that I don't yeah. spend my time kicking yeah. over sandcastles with him and going, look, sure. none of it means anything. And <laughs> I'm trying to find strike the chord between yeah. it's, we all know what the important things in life truly yeah. in the living of a life are, right? And it's not this. Yeah. Having said that, it's a lovely moment and I find myself grateful for it. So, so we, he went to sleep. I got him up. Kerry lives close to me. Mm -hmm. Kerry Condon, who plays my sister. I should say I play her brother mm -hmm. in the film. She lives close to me. So Kerry texted me and said, what are you going to do? Are you going to watch it? I think I'll go to bed, but I don't know if I'll be able to sleep. And I said, she lives close. I said, well, listen, my two sisters, a brother-in-law, Henry's with me. We're all going to get up and watch it. Just come around. Mm -hmm. So five o'clock in the morning, knock on the door. I opened the door. Kerry was there. Darkness of night. Pajamas or just... Uh, she close. Got okay. No, no, no. She was denim on denim. <laughs> I don't know why that's close, but it felt kind of yeah. close. Something very, very cozy about she was denim on denim and she came in and the kettle went on. I mm -hmm. made four cups of tea. I had a box of Ferrero Rocher in the pantry. When the Ferrero Rocher comes out, you know, yeah. it's a serious occasion. Yep. So the Ferrero Rocher came out and we watched it and she was first up, I think. Oh, and yeah, it was, and it was very sweet. And we all had high fives. And then I saw Paul Meskel get in. 
which I was delighted for. And then I saw Quiet Girl get in, which I was thrilled for. Yeah. I mean, and, and first uh, Irish film uh, to make the short first list. Irish language Engen, film to Engen, get an Oscar nomination as Best International Picture was just extraordinary. And then I saw some video footage on Twitter <laughs> of a bunch of Irish sitting in a cinema. It's called the Stella Cinema in Rathmines, which is a beautiful cinema. Did you see that footage no, on Twitter? I didn't. Oh, get it up I, for you, man. Yeah, I, I can watch it. It's yeah, a, it can yeah. I show it to you now? Absolutely. Let me see. It is so beautiful. Because it was the last of the five as well that was yeah, mentioned. Yeah. So you see all these people. Wait, wait you hear the cheer. Order, alphabetical but order. So we all watched it, man. And we had high fives and we had hugs. And then we went back to bed. And it was very sweet. So if we can... You were if, able to go back to sleep. Yeah, I did yeah. go back to sleep. Yeah, for an hour. And then I had to get Henry back up for, uh, for school. <laughs> but uh, so if we can maintain a sweetness through it all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Without being too highbrow or too serious about it. And just enjoy it, you know, for what it is, as I say, a moment in time. Uh, when, you, when you heard, while, while you're pulling that up, when you heard uh, Brendan... Uh, Gleason and Barry Keoghan's name were you thrilled thrilled and I mean it was both of them it was you know both of them made it yeah and you may not be surprised because we're aware of all the energy going up to it right so I'm not going to go here and go I was totally surprised like that'd be disingenuous right and I tried to be as (laughs) tried to exercise as as little of that as possible yeah Um, but you're still shocked yeah so not fully surprised, but still shocked. Shocked okay. to see Brennan's name. Shocked to see Barry's name. Shocked to see mine. Shocked Martin. to hear Kerry's. Shocked. You know, actually, Martin was the only one I wasn't shocked. Really? Yeah. No. Actually, sorry, director. Yes, yes I was. Director. Yes, I was. No, 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 no. Director. Yes, I was. Because yeah. I think what happens with Martin a little bit, you know, Clayton, is that he's he's such an extraordinary writer. Yeah. Um, that people find it hard to look past the pen. Yeah. Do you know, and I think he's I, now from my money, he's an extraordinary director as well. I mean, he designed every shot, every frame as directors, of course, always do. But he really was meticulous. He really knew how he wanted the film to look, how he wanted it to feel. And even the the design, um, Carter Burwell's music was so strange. It was so kind of otherworldly. It dropped us into kind of the 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 folklorish, mythological aspect of this yeah. film, which is set in a real world, but also heightened, of course. But yeah, so I was shocked when Martin got, not the screenplay, yeah. but... But director, yeah. yeah. But I think it's in the same sense as well, this lack of... Um, which look, there can only be five mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, it's not a science. So there's no, this person should have definitely been in, that person shouldn't ever in any category as far as I'm concerned. But but I, I would have loved Ben Davis to get a nomination and I think what happened with Ben yeah. is a little bit of what I say happens with Martin. The, the natural world was so prevalent and was so overwhelmingly beautiful mm. that I think people thought that there wasn't much lighting, cinematographical lighting going yeah. on. But, but it was like a mirror. Some of the stuff interior. It was interesting. I had a. I was having a conversation with someone recently, and it was one of the question marks of award season. How did Ben Davis's cinematography not like catch on? That's like an automatic like that we have to do. Yeah, this. and I think it's because of the beauty of the natural yeah. world, you know. And there were so many kind of extraordinary shots of of the vast and and yet intimate topography of. Check this out. It's mm. so cool. Great that it was the last film as well. And they're clapping everyone else, fair play to you. Is this it? Yeah. Isn't that so amazing? <laughs> Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. Aww. That's incredible. Big movie theatre. Huh? Yeah. Big movie theatre. Yeah, it's a lovely theatre. So that's all family and friends and people that, and I'm not joking, I don't want to get all quaint yeah. in Ireland as such a small, you, you know. But we are a small island, yeah. and and 
there is a sense of community at home that's really profound. It's one of the things that I miss most, you know, living in a more individualistic society over yeah. here is a sense of community at home. So, yeah, that that's tickled awesome. my heart when I saw that. Well, congratulations to Ireland and, and to you as well. Thanks, but going back to you, you had a busy year after Yang, the <clears throat> Batman, 13 Lives and Banshees of Inisherin. Are you having the time of your life right now making movies? Totally, it yeah. It looks like it. Yeah, feel spoiled rotten. And, I mean, I want to say none of it's by design. I don't really, you know, I've been asked through the years at various times in interviews, what project do you feel you want to make or who do you want to work with? And I've never really had an answer to that. Yeah. I just, honest to God, trusted in what's been in front of me. Sometimes I've gone to work just for the money. Sometimes I've gone to work uh, uh, you know, the money has never been bad for mm -hmm. me over the last 20 years, but sometimes I've gone to work more because I have a deep passion for the project. And I felt like, uh, yeah, the last, those four films you mentioned, I didn't even think that they'd be coming out within the same kind of calendar year. Yeah. And they were also different. You know, the characters were also different. The filmmakers had such a unique perspective and aesthetic style to their filmmaking, particularly, particularly Koganada. Yeah. You know, uh, such yeah I love him as a filmmaker I love how understated he is how gentle he is as a man and an artist and that translates into the aesthetic of his film and also just the emotional and psychological tonality of his films yeah. Columbus I thought was extraordinary yeah. you know it really it, it, he's 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 not didactic in any way you know and he doesn't he doesn't try and direct you toward any particular feeling he gently puts his stories forward and I find myself I found myself leaning into Columbus um so, yeah, I, I've been spoiled rotten, man. Yeah. It was a great run. Uh, also points to the need for a best choreography category. Oh, yeah. Dance <laughs> moves in after Yang Man. Oh, I can't slap. remember the choreographer's <laughs> name now. Shame on me. But she was amazing. Yeah. The, the opening to that film was, oh, that yeah, was so great cool. Moves, man. Uh, up there with uh, Oscar Isaac and Ex Machina, for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, Ex Machina, what a film that is. Yeah, yeah I think Koganada had said, actually, I think the choreographer had said that the film, it was like a, it was like confetti getting yeah. popped into the air. And then the rest of the film was the confetti slowly coming down. Yeah. Which was a lovely kind of Absolutely. articulation. Oh, it's awesome. Um, well, uh, something we, we had noticed recently, uh, connected to you and some of your past films, yeah. you have made us cry in a lot of movies connected to dead animals and pets. Like you're connected to these animals in the movies, the lobster. Yeah. How we lose a dog. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Jenny in uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Banshees. Um, and I, you are someone that wears your heart on, on your sleeve, and we see a lot of that when you're – anyone who's interacted with you over the years. Uh, you have a deep love for animals. I, I, I can only imagine that's maybe why you feel that kinship. But are you a big like, dog, cat, animal person? I have two cats. <laughs> I have two cats uh, that I love, mm. brother and sister, Murphy and Mia. I grew up with dogs. I love animals. Yeah, I love mm. animals. Yeah, I, I do. I adore animals. Yeah. Um, and I love working with them because mm. they're incredibly honest. Is Jenny a diva now? Jenny. Oh, Jenny's a tricky one. I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> um, Jenny. I saw a picture of her recently. Mm -hmm. And she's she's she looks like she's living good. She's. <laughs> She's she's quite a bit more robust, mm -hmm. Rubenesque, okay. should I say, than I remember. Okay. Uh, and she's in a field somewhere, I think, in Ireland. She's look, she's out to pasture. She's earned her stripes, and she's she's in in, a, in an early retirement. So we so we so we shouldn't expect her at the Oscars. I don't man. think so. Oh, no, no, be amazing, man, little little boo. Dickie Bow. Yeah. Oh man. Um, it's going back to the Batman because you know you, you're fantastic as Oz slash the Penguin. Thanks. Um, 
unrecognizable. Big announcement coming uh, today, Batman 2. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, have you been What's, asked to be in it? No, no, not, not, no, not, no, yes. no, no. I mean, I know that the idea, I'm, I'm going to do a show. You're such a good actor, by the way. I, like, I, enjoy, I enjoy this. You don't, you don't, you don't know anything about Batman 2? No, 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 nothing. No, nothing. Yeah, yeah, honest to God, I, I, on my life. Hmm. Um, I know it's happening. Yeah. And I know that Matt Reeves is deep in writing. Yeah. But what I, uh, the only thing I do know um and I would tell you I know something and tell you that I'm not telling you oh, what I know yeah. rather I like, than I, say I don't. I enjoy it. But, uh, but what, uh, the idea of, because I'm going to do this, um, I think it's going to be a part thing for HBO yeah. around Oz's kind of rise into power, filling that power vacuum that was created when Falcone was killed. Um, and I th- Matt's idea originally was to have the Penguin show begin about a week after the end of the Batman film and then if it works, if the trajectory is interesting enough and if the audience go for it and we do our jobs right, have the second film, Penguin feature in the second film and pick up where the TV, where the HBO show will end. Okay. So I don't know how much you'll be in it. I'd love to be in it. I loved working with Matt. I just think he did such an extraordinary job in that film. Yeah. Um, but what did it take today? You tell me the announcement. Uh, Batman 2 coming in 2025. July. 2025. July 2025. Are you available to do the Batman for July 2025? Bear with me. Yeah. We're checking the schedule. March. Uh, March. March, March, March 2025, outside of that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. That was a blast. Yeah. And I wanted more, I, you know, I, I I would have loved to have more scenes in the first film. I understood um, that he wasn't the primary villain. And, and but when I got when I got into the makeup and when I saw the job that Mike Marino had done in designing Oz, because, you know, yeah. so I, I, as I said before, I've never been able to, to um, declare less ownership. Mm for a part I've played than that one. That's awesome. You know, because of what Mike did. I mean, it's at least 50-50. Have you uh, had conversations with uh, James and Peter over at now the DC uh, studios that's going to be doing, they announced their entire, well, most of their slate of the upcoming movies and TV shows they'll be working on. Have you had any no. conversations? No, no none. So your conversation has been with Matt mostly. Yeah, and I haven't, I haven't talked to him about um, Lauren LaFranc has been writing the penguin show and she's going to be the showrunner. And, uh, and you're getting ready to shoot like soon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 We start, I think we start on the 27th or 28th of Feb. Okay. So it'll be a, a lot of back and forth with all this madness oh, going Oscars, on. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so luncheon, go get into penguin <laughs> makeup, like come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'll be zipping out of my body suit, <laughs> taking off all mission impossible, yeah, taking how, off how my long, head. How long does it take to get into all that? Like, the start, the first time we did the makeup was four hours and then they got it down to about just sub, I mean, we'd start the clock every day, just sub two, like one fifty nine thirty two or something Ooh. like that, which is fine. Clayton, it gives me a chance yeah. to learn my lines and get ready for the day and just relax. Might've had a nap or two <laughs> as well in the chair. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you and uh, never like to get uh, personal, but one thing that I've always loved about you uh, is you're a great dad and I know that you've been a very um, a great spoken advocate for kids with special needs. My mm. son has autism. Oh, does he? Yeah, he How's does. He do- How old is he? Uh, he just turned eight the other day. How's he yeah. doing? He's doing great. You How know? does it present if I may Oh, uh, yeah. He, he, like, I, sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes I think he, uh, he's punky me. I think he's like, sure. Yeah, I think he's putting this on <laughs> as an act. Sure. <laughs> Cause I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. he just says things. I'm like, People shouldn't know that. You yeah, know, like, a child's capabilities are, yeah. are a mystery that we have to be careful yeah. trying to unearth because 
Because you, you just put never too know. much on a child or not enough on a child. And I know. you know, it's a, it's a, I find it's a, it's but, a tricky but one. He's, but he's, uh, he's verbal and he, and he, he is. He, yeah. He, 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 there's a lot of things that I'm sure, uh, social cues are tricky for him. Or? Social cues are, are a little tricky, yeah. but he, but he's super personable, super friendly. He'll go up to you and talk. He's lovely. Just, you know, he, he's, he's the best. I, I look, man, we're all fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're yeah, all, when I say too. fucked, I'm not saying your son's <laughs> yeah, fucked. Yeah. I'm saying we're, we're all, all, we've all got issues, you know? I mean, uh, Human beings are on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And, and Human beings are on the spectrum. We're all the spectrum of humanity is a obviously multifaceted and very complex spectrum. Yeah. So some are, are are more so on spectrums than others, of course. And there are clinical diagnoses for some things, but there should be a clinical diagnosis for the condition of being human. Yeah, um, yeah. My son James is amazing. He's nineteen now. He's an extraordinary young man, and and he's had you know more challenges straight out of the gate than most of us yeah you know and he's he's incredibly brave he's an absolute inspiration to me yeah that's awesome yeah. um what my question for you is and i yeah. think this has always been what i would love to see is just more awareness on people with disabilities because my you know when you have children that you love them <clears throat> i always think about the future what happens when he's 19 when he's yeah. out in the world yeah what is something that you would love to see like the world adopt i mean is it just basic knowledge of, of yeah i think it's just i i think i think human beings are at our best when we're curious about others you know yeah and curious about ourselves um not to the degree of self-obsession but you know when when we when we question or we wonder why we are the way we are mm -hmm. as individuals in the first person, yeah. why I am the way I am, why I feel the way I feel, why I respond the way I respond. I think there's incredible power in the vein of liberation yeah. in that. And so I think to extend that curiosity to the greater environment and to the world in general, to our immediate environment, I think that's when we're at our best. I think when we're really trying to understand each other and when we're curious about the other and not fearful of the other. And so with that in mind, I think, I think that, I think what you just said about yeah. people knowing more, learning more. And of course, then there is the social pragmatics of, of interaction, real world interaction, yeah. the workplace, finding jobs, education for for those who are differently abled is huge and really important and i'm i'm a i'm a supporter of the special olympics you know about the special yeah, olympics yeah. i mean the work that the special olympics does as an organization globally is extraordinary yeah. and obviously you know at the core of the special olympics is the need and the and the um the importance of absolute inclusion you know so the energy around the special olympics is an energy that i wish was more prevalent in the world because it's funny, I don't, I don't know, like, what's to talk about? Um, you, we, look, we, obviously we're at our best as human beings, I say, when we're curious, but we're at our best when we're considerate. And curiosity holds within it the nature of consideration. If you're curious about something, you're considering that thing. So that's mm -hmm. what I mean by curiosity. Yeah. Not to even create more otherness or not to objectify, but the kind of curiosity that means you're considering really from your heart another person and who they are and what they're capable of and their joys and their sadnesses and their trials and tribulations. And so the energy, you know, I've been to... I've been to three Special Olympics ceremonies, opening ceremonies, and, and been there for the games. One was Beijing, um, Dublin, Ireland, and then when it was on here as well. And the energy of inclusion uh, is just extraordinary. So that's that would be my dream for a world that we ever inch more toward awesome. existing in that space.
Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. Of course, Bill. That. Of course, Bill. Um, of two last things. One is going to be asking you to dig down deep inside Uh-oh. to say some nice things about Martin McDonough and oh, Brendan yeah. Gleeson especially. Because <laughs> Might Martin, be a bit tired of that, I know, playing that record. I know, that vinyl is scratched at this stage. Martin McDonough, third movie uh, with him, Seven Psychopaths in Bruges, correct? And yes. then now Banshees. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, yeah, your buddy comedy that yeah. who, who would have thunk? That you guys would just make magic <laughs> together consistently. I just need this every few years. Hmm. Um, but there's got there's some. Sometimes the love is so deep you can do anything together. Yeah. And, I, and there's a definite special friendship between you and 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 Martin and Brendan. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I just I knew my. Uh, I mean, we're all we're three very different fellas. I say, well, what do I mean? We just, you know, we present very different. We've got different perspectives on life and all, but there's some kind of, there's some kind of deep commonality there. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how to quantify it or articulate it, but there's a deep commonality there that means that, you know, it's not like as a result of In Bruges, was there a shorthand on Seven Psychopaths between me and Martin or because of In Bruges, was there a shorthand between me and Brendan on Seven Psychopaths? The shorthand was there from day one. You know, we didn't really grow into it. Yeah, we're more familiar with each other and stuff and maybe a little bit more comfortable with each other based on a shared history. But the shorthand was always there. And and we just, it's just a joy working with the two of them. You know, there's no, honest to God, there's just no, there's no bullshit. I mean, we have a good laugh together. We all take the work very, very serious as in we apply ourselves as much as we can and we're asking questions and Brendan's always digging. Martin is an extraordinary writer yeah. and he's 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 capable of creating these, you know, at turns hilarious and and humane and then macabre and brutal and cruel but kind worlds and lulls you into a sense of security with the comedic aspect and then he hits you over the head with some some kind of hard-boiled truths as well um, and I just love I love 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 his writing I saw Six Shooter was the first thing of Martin's mm-hmm. that I'd ever seen the short film that won yeah. best short of the Oscars that year and Brendan was in that and they're just a, I mean I'd love to not wait 14 years again to work with Brendan well, you know I mean if they're watching get on it yeah yeah get on it lads get the, get the quill out Martin that's Colin Farrell Oscar nominee for the film The Banshees of Inisherin, distributed by Searchlight Pictures The film is also streaming now on HBO Max. Babylon is an epic tale that traces the rise and fall of multiple people during the 1920s and 30s of old Hollywood as it transitions from silent films to talkies. Written and directed by Oscar winner Damien Chazelle, it stars Diego Calva, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, and Gene Smart. Distributed by Paramount Pictures, It's been nominated for three Academy Awards this year, production design, costume design, and original score for today's guest, Justin Hurwitz. Hurwitz has worked with Chazelle on all of his films thus far, Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, and now Babylon. His love for music began in Los Angeles, where he was born, before moving to Wisconsin. Still, legends like John Williams, who happens to be nominated alongside him this year for The Fablemans, remains his greatest inspiration. We recently sat down with Hurwitz, who's coming off his fourth career Oscar nod for Babylon. The Oscar winner that's behind iconic songs and music for La La Land discusses working on the 188-minute old Hollywood epic, how he got his start by writing episodes 
for TV shows such as The Simpsons, The League, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. We began by talking about the moment this year he got to meet his idol, John Williams. Well, John Williams is the reason that I'm a film composer. I think he's the reason that film music, um, that I that film music meant something to me. The reason I think his music is the music that I noticed, the music that made me understand the power of film music. Growing up with movies like Jurassic Park and uh, ET and, mm-hmm. and scores like that, that the music is just so inextricable from the movie, and just you never ever forget it. Um, I actually. I had never met him, but after the Golden Globes, I sprinted across the room <laughs> to meet him. I didn't, I didn't know if he was there. I thought maybe he wasn't there. Yeah. And then Spielberg was giving the last speech of the night, and he said Johnny Williams, and he pointed to the corner of the room, and I was like, he was he's here, <laughs> he's here. And the second Spielberg stopped talking, I jumped up from my seat, and I ran across the room, and they were like sort of trying to whisk him out of the room. But I was like, John, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I know you want to get going. I just had to, had to meet you. You're, you are the reason. I, w- I, said, I told him I wouldn't be a film composer if it weren't for you, and that's – that's the absolute truth. Yeah. Oh man, and t- t- very cordial, friendly. Thank you. And oh yeah, he was he was incredibly sweet, and I got a, a quick picture with him. Ah, there you go. And then he got to go home. That's a that's a that's for the album, man. That's a that's such a good story. So let, let's talk about this uh, Demi Chazelle character you've been hanging out with a lot uh, lately. You know, you guys came here together. Um, I have to. I don't know how many people know this because I'm I'm just you know. Sometimes this empty well of, I say, useless knowledge sometimes. But I'm such a big fan fan of the League. And a lot of people don't know that you're responsible for the League. And I'm just like – it's it, I, you don't get to see too many people wear different hats, uh, especially from the artisans. Uh, you know, writer, director, producer, actors, those are like – people put those – uh, together, but you are also a big fan of writing and you've done some, some great stuff. Uh, do you and Damien just fit together that way? Do you feel like you guys will ever collaborate together on a script or you may ever step into a directing chair? I don't, I don't know about, um, I mean, I, I don't work with Damien at all on the writing side. I, for people who don't know the league, yeah. um, that was, yeah. People F- know the league. People know the league. league. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to feel good for those people who may not. And you know. F- they're not as cool as yeah, you yeah. and me. But the FX, um, it was an FX comedy that I, yeah, it was contribu- contributing to my first few years in L.A. It's a very weird, very weird sort of like side job thing I had. Um When I first moved out here, I had studied film music. I wanted to be a film composer Absolutely. That was always what I wanted to do. And Damien wanted to be a director and I was waiting. We had been roommates in college and I was just sort of like waiting on him to make movies that I could score. <laughs> You're like, hurry up, man. <laughs> get, yeah. get to it. Yeah. So I had, I kind of fell into contributing. I wouldn't even say you said responsible for the league. I think yeah. that's a little, it's giving yeah. me a little too much credit. I was contributing to some comedies because I'd written for a comedy magazine in college and so I got to know some of the, the the grads of that, and I I came out here and I didn't have any. I wasn't making I didn't have, I wasn't making a living, and like I said, we Damien didn't have movies for me to score, so I was like, well, maybe I could like write for some of their shows. So I basically harassed people into getting coffee with me, yeah. and then 
a few people, some people were nicer than others. And a few people like Jeff and Jackie Schaefer, who had created the league were like, if you have ideas for the show, um, uh, you know, you can email them to us. So I was like, well, I'm doing nothing and I need, I need something to do. I need something, a way to make money. rent, man. (laughs) Exactly. So I just started emailing ideas like, oh, here's a story idea for this character, that character. And eventually they started, um, buying a few ideas and, I didn't get a credit the first year, and then the second year, I think they um, they let me kind of help write a story or whatever. So I, I I I I did it for a couple of years until basically until we until Whiplash got off the ground. And once once Whiplash got off the ground, I had music to do. Whiplash led pretty directly to La La Land, and once there was music to do, that's all I wanted to do. I'm by far better at music than writing jokes for sitcoms or anything else. And I'm way, way more passionate about music. I mean, it is truly what I love doing, but it was a very fun, weird way for me to pay my bills my first few years. And I'm very grateful that I got to do that. Yeah. It's awesome. Listen, uh, when I think about the last uh, decade of of music, and I'm a very passionate uh, awards enthusiast, but cinephile when it comes to scores and music, I just have, it's always been kind of like my, like I'm a sucker for a good swell. And when I think of some of the best in the last decade, um, and this, I always say this is, uh, indicative of how good it is if I tell people like the name of the track, but you know, the epilogue from La La Land always comes to mind and the landing from First Man. Some of the best orchestrated notes, written notes of any film in the last decade. Two of those are, you know, those are, they're, they're yours. Um, and then Babylon is so different from, from, from those. What do you, I feel like every great artist has something embedded deep within them that they, that they want to get out. They're just waiting for the right type of uh, vehicle. Obviously you're, you and Damien both are a big, uh, aficionados of jazz and you love jazz. Is there something that you're dying to, put together for a type of movie that or that maybe they're even doing right now i don't know about what i want to do going forward i mean definitely i want to keep doing different things and i want to keep trying learning new things um maybe getting more into production and i'd love to do something more electronic that'd be interesting but um yeah i'd say babylon was definitely a new kind of we i was scratching a, a different kind of itch in the sense that i i had I've always been uh, interested in dance music. Like, you know, I grew up with like 90s and millennial dance music, like Ace of Bass and Franz Ferdinand, all these like fun things. So to get to do, you know, kind of that like pounding four on the floor thing, to get to do dance hi-hats, to get to play with those feelings, not with the electronic soundscape, but with more acoustic instruments, but still play with, you know, these these drum breaks and drops and bass drops and using horns as risers, you mm-hmm. know, kind of almost, almost the way you have in EDM and stuff where you have a rising, 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 then the drop to get to try to play with those feelings, give us that, 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 um, give us that feeling, but using horns and using acoustic instruments. That was something that was really fun, and like I'd never written music that had that kind of feel to it. So um, that was that was kind of one of the fun areas that we got to explore in this movie. Yeah, uh, and just uh, another question about the movie. You know, 
the, the movie came in uh, in December and generated a lot of conversation. It was, it, 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 and I always say I I love a good movie that is divided. I don't need everyone to tell me it's good, but when you have a movie that some people are like, "What is this?" and other people are like, "This is cinema. This is brilliant." I'll take that movie any day than something that's just like, "Yeah, it's fine." Um, were you bummed at all by some of? The, did you read any of the reception, or were you just? Or were you bracing for it and knew this was ambitious and it was going to hit for some and not for others? I definitely – I knew that it was going to be a divisive movie. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew that. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing. It wasn't from the elephant poop. Like it's just right from there you do. <laughs> I mean from the elephant poop through all the rest of the bodily <laughs> yeah. fluids. Yeah. Um, I mean I I think we always knew the movie wasn't going to be for everybody. I, it's definitely disappointing that more people haven't seen it in the theaters. I hope now that it's coming out on, you know, home video and stuff, more people will be able to discover it. Um, I wish the, I've read, I've read a lot of the reviews. There are people who absolutely love it. There are people who hate it. There's a lot in between. Um, I think it's, I mean, the movie has, has like so it's it's so stunning um you know what what damien's made i think it's so beautiful it's so rich um it's a it's not a conventional storyline it's definitely the tone is takes you so many places it's a comedy it's a tragedy it's almost a horror movie (laughs) it's just there it's so unexpected so many unexpected things um that i think it's 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 it can be tough to get on the right wavelength for it but I'm on the wavelength for it. Like, I love this movie. I really, really love this movie. And I'm grateful when I hear people that, um, you know, are ready for the roller coaster that it is. That's Oscar-nominated composer Justin Hurwitz from the film Babylon, now out in theaters. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. So for Jazz Tankay, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.